The next issue I want to talk to you about uh, affects a broad spectrum of American agriculture, and it certainly affects, affects the pork industry, and that's the Waters of the U.S. rule. Uh, the Waters of the U.S. rule was brought out by EPA. It became law of the land on August 28th of 2015, and then encountered, immediately encountered uh, legal re uh, resistance from the legal front on some of the rules that were there. I have not read the entire rule myself. It's rather lengthy. I did get through uh, probably about a third of it. And again, the purpose of rewriting the rule for waters of the United States was to determine what constitutes waters of the U.S. And this rule became all-encompassing. Um, it became clear in that first third of reading that and I've made this comment in public before, uh, water runs downhill. And it is all-encompassing. So it's going to impact not only agriculture, but a lot of other industries around the country that have any type of drainage systems or drainage ditches uh, will be considered uh, under their jurisdiction. So for example, as a farmer, if you apply manure or if you apply a fertilizer, or even plant a field where you go through a waterway that may or may not have water in it, you are re required to have a permit, an EPA permit, to do that. And it, it's just mind-boggling as you read through the rule, uh, you know, how complex it is and what the requirements are. So we're very concerned about this. I can bring you up to date a little bit. Um, it, again, its purpose was to clarify which waters are under the jurisdiction of EPA, and it became clear to us that nearly every, every place that water flows will be considered a water of the U.S. Um, the Waters Rule redefined waters of the United States to include, among other water bodies, intermittent and municipal streams, such as the kind farmers use for drainage and irrigation. That means farmers may be forced to apply for a Clean Water Act uh, permit for a host of the things that we already talked about. Uh, it has an absolute prohibition on discharging any pollutant, whether manure, a chemical pesticide, fertilizer, or even seed uh, into a water of the United States. Violations are subject to substantial fines up to $37,500 per day. And what we're asking for um, wants the Waters Rule to be withdrawn, you, MPPC wants the Waters Rule to be withdrawn, and for EPA and the Corps of Engineers to work with agriculture to make the changes in the proposal to reflect real on-time farm conditions. MPPC joined a number of agricultural and business groups and states suing EPA and the Corps over the rule. In fact, 13 states that sued the U.S. District Court in North Dakota won an injunction against implementation of the rule, uh, and the court's decision only applied to those 13 states originally. But shortly after that ruling, the U.S. Court of Appeals placed a temporary nationwide stay on implementation of the rule, which went into effect August 28th. That stay will remain until the litigation on this rule is resolved. Uh, the same court, the sixth court in Cincinnati, decided that all of the lawsuits should be consolidated and heard by it. 
Um, I should note that an interesting ruling made last week by the Supreme Court itself on an eight to zero decision, which is not that common, the court said landowners can challenge in court the Army Corps of Engineers wetlands determination, which also fell under the Clean Water Act. I believe this was known as the Hawks case uh, that was settled here just a few days ago that we heard that settlement that will allow landowners some um, legal recourse to the wetlands determination or again the waters of the U.S. determination. All wetlands are part of the waters of the U.S. Um, with that, um, I think we're going to open it up for questions that you may have. Again, the Waters of the United States rule is tied up in litigation, probably will be for a considerable amount of time. Um, I, I, we just feel, and I, I can vouch for this in person, that it's already causing a great deal of confusion in the countryside when a farmer wants to do uh, a conservation project, whether it's to build a waterway or build terraces or to tile. Uh, it's another layer of bureaucracy that uh, we have to get approval on. And everyone's afraid. Uh, the other, NRCS for example, um, the Army Corps, if they have to be involved, no one's sure who has the final jurisdiction on whether you can or cannot do you know, a certain project. And so it, it's already hampering conservation efforts on the parts of farmers. And I, I see that becoming a real problem as we move forward here. So this rule, in our opinion, needs to be withdrawn. It needs to be rewritten with all of those particular agencies involved in conservation united and working with the people and the businesses that they're, that they're trying to regulate. And this certainly wasn't done uh, in the beginning of the WOTUS you know, negotiations. So. Does anyone have questions on uh, the waters of the United States and our position on that? Yes. Question if uh, I've been reading and hearing that some, is the rule an actual final rule? I mean, is it enforceable? Because I've been reading that some agencies are using it, some are not. Just kind of adding to that confusion. Michael, I'll let you answer that question. Hey, um, hi, uh, Michael Formica. I'm the uh, Assistant VP Domestic Policy and Legal Counsel and do all of our environmental stuff. So to answer your question, yes, the rule is final. Um, there shouldn't be any agency using it, though, at this point in time, because we have had a number of, uh, a number of courts, uh, first starting with the uh, District Court in North Dakota, issued a complete stay on the rule preventing EPA from utilizing it within 13 or 14 states, uh, in, mostly in the upper Midwest, um, notably not in Iowa, but that's a, that's a different story. And then the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals has issued a stay nationwide, which will prevent EPA from, um, from utilizing it until the litigation over it is, is completed. So yes, it's final. No, they can't use it because we have it tied up in court. Yes. What does the worst case scenario look like um, if this, the legal battle is unsuccessful, if it's implemented right now? What's the worst case scenario? You know, I would, I would say if you want to talk about the worst case scenario is full implementation and allowing EPA to go forward and to enforce the rule as it's written. Uh, first of all, it's going to add significant costs to food production in this country. Uh, 
these permits are not cheap that farmers would be required to do it it adds another whole level of bookwork or bureaucracy and applying for permits reapplying for permits and the proper permits for every operation uh, that you do on the farm I think that's the, the the biggest thing I'm not saying it's insurmountable but it's going to add significant costs to food production I don't care whether it's feed grains pork production beef production um, and then living with some of these rules what it's going to do to the efficiency of agriculture I think is going to be uh, you know really critical there'll be places that uh, you know we may not be allowed to to farm that we farm today or some of the technologies these that we implement such as field drainage and those kind of things I think will be heavily scrutinized by from what I can uh, pick out of this rule Michael oh uh, so to answer your question there are, uh, there's three real ways that I think uh, agriculture and all of industry needs to be petrified of the uh, you know first and foremost you have to get a permit with coming with the permit is is a whole slew of paperwork requirements, uh, reports that you need to fill out, reports you need to submit uh, under the Clean Water Act, and this is a point we've made many times over the years. Under the Clean Water Act, if you pull your honey wagon up to the river and you dump all your manure in the river, that's a violation of the Clean Water Act, and it's thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. If you're filling out one of the multiple sheets of paper and you get one of your mathematical calculations wrong or in a place where you're supposed to spell it out you perhaps initialize you put IA instead of spelling I out that is a violation of the Clean Water Act that is also thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars and the activist groups know that and they know that there is an error rate within all of these documents and EPA knows that and so the vast 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 majority of enforcement actions aren't for people who actually do some newsworthy you know environmental crime it's for mere paperwork errors um, that leads to the the second problem is there is a citizen suit um, enforcement provision so you could if you have a, a manure spill and you did something wrong the state or the EPA is going to come out and enforce against you but if you don't if you just have these mere paperwork errors they might not think it's worth spending their time and wasting political capital activist groups HSUS or waterkeeper uh, waterkeeper for sure has whole teams of interns that do nothing but scan through all the permits and all the reports and looking for those paperwork errors and then they compile them and they'll send you a cease and desist notice settle with us or we're going to go file suit against you it's really it's an extortion racket it's the only thing I could call it uh, the final piece which is is the most terrifying is when you get a permit the the terms of your permit and the whole process of having a permit are open to public notice and comment and that doesn't mean people your neighbors in Iowa get to get to weigh in but you have people in Brooklyn or in San Francisco also get to weigh in and tell you know they get to tell John what exactly the crops he's going to plant are what his you know rates of fertilizer application could be they have no idea what they're doing talking about that but yet they have the right under law to do that if this rule goes forward Sorry. Yes. How is NPPC advising pork producers, given the fact that the rule is final, but it's stuck in lawsuits, and so you don't know when those lawsuits will end? Are you telling producers to act like the rule is in effect so that they're, they're ready if and when the, the lawsuits are over? Well, I, I think that's a good point. I was just going to bring that up here with Michaels. It's not that our organization is against clean water or implementing technologies that will better the 
waters of the United States. It's the methodology on how you get there and, and how we work together, how we need to work together, how technologies need to be talked about. I, I often refer back, is in my career, um, we relied on extension and we relied on incentive programs to do a lot of things we've done on our farm. And this, this approach of government stepping over all of that and coming down uh, and without communication to you or your business or your private property, uh, I think is not right. And that's where we, that's where we stand. Um, it's not that we're against clean water or doing a better job or being required to do things differently. But we want science-based and knowledgeable people to help guide us and guide our industry to getting to the end result, which is cleaner water for the U.S. And uh, this, this regulatory approach, uh, this is just a vast overreach uh, of jurisdiction of your personal private property. And uh, we're having a real, real time with that. And our intent is to keep it tied up in the legal system as long as we can until this is really brought out uh, uh, that we need to sit down together with EPA and write a rule that's workable long-term for production agriculture. Yes? If you're looking for a legislative fix, do we have to wait for a new Congress and a new administration? Or, I mean, pretty short congressional calendar in selection. You know, I, I think all of us are speculating on the answer to that question. I, I don't think you're going to see a legislative fix with this administration. Uh, there's potential that it could be fixed in, new, in a new administration. I think more and more of our congressmen, our senators, are becoming aware of just how overreaching this rule really is. Um, and I think there's more and more concern coming every day, and that's part of our job, is to make them aware of, of what we're really concerned about. So I'm, I'm somewhat optimistic that in a new administration, be it Republican or Democrat, uh, that we'll get these people to understand uh, just what happened here with EPA and, and their overreach of authority. And uh, I think they've gone well beyond what they ever were intended to do uh, with the waters of the United States. You mentioned you want to work with the, the government, essentially, to put together a more workable solution. What does that workable solution look like? What is the framework that you want to see if, they, if there needs to be Well, in my mind, um, EPA needs to sit down with, with the groups and the industries that they are regulating. Um, agriculture, I think, would be number one at the top. And some of the things that they're trying to accomplish in the Clean Water Act could be workable for production agriculture. But we need to know, and, we need, and, and then the enforcing agencies, the Army Corps of Engineers, the National Research Natural Resources Council. Those people need to be involved in those discussions, so at the end, where they all know they're on the same they're on the same page. But solutions to these problems are, you know, are not easy. Um, the mining industry is another example. Um, they've got a different set of problems, but water is heavily involved in that industry. And um, it, to me, it's not right to regulate an industry that you're not fully engaged in or involved in. And there was really no engagement on the part of agriculture. <laughs>